0: when others say Jesus is coming soon. How would you react if you heard that soon is almost here? Hello and welcome to Love and Encouragement to Live By. I'm Tammy Thompson, a Christian author under the pen name of T.S. Thompson and you can learn more about my books by visiting my website at ts-thompson.com. And I'm Jo Heather
1: Dodson, Your Christian Coach, helping you discover what God has next for your life. Learn more about my coaching services at yourchristiancoach.net. Thanks for joining in today for your weekly dose of love and encouragement as we talk about Jesus and music in relation to your deeper Christian living. Well, it's an honor today to introduce you to our special guest, Reverend Gary Barnhart, from Dunn, North Carolina. I met Gary this past year through a local networking group, and I'm so thankful the Lord brought us together. We have had such a good time swapping stories with each other. Gary was born with a God-given love of music, and his mother directed his talents into the church through gospel music. He later was personally touched by the Holy Spirit and dedicated his life wholeheartedly to music through and ministry. He has traveled throughout the United States and Canada singing the gospel of Jesus Christ. For the 22 years of his music ministry, Gary has shared what God wanted him to project, that Jesus is coming soon, and that soon is almost here. And boy, I can't wait to hear more about that from you today, Gary. Thank you. Uh, I'm also super excited that Gary will be sharing some of his music with us.
0: So welcome to the show, Gary.
2: Thank you. It's a pleasure and honor to be here.
0: Awesome. I, well, I'm so excited. Um, uh, you know, I got to do, meet you briefly when we were doing the test setup and, um, and hear a little bit of your music. So I can't wait to, sh- to have us share that with our listeners today. But I understand from talking to Joe Heather um, that you grew up in North Carolina and um, <clears throat> and you started out, like she just mentioned, at an early age. You started music at an early age. So can you kind of tell us how those days got started, Gary?
2: Uh, I think I sang my very first solo in church, uh, Cold Springs United Methodist Church in Concord. Uh, Around eight years old, somewhere around there, I think I sang my first solo on a Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning, and I've never stopped singing since. And I'm old, so it's been a little while. (laughs) But yes, it, I love
1: that, gear.
2: I love that. That has led me uh, through a lot of avenues. And, uh, of course, you know, I went through the teenage stages where I kind of went away from the gospel music a little. And, of course, mom steered me back in, as only a mother can do. Uh, you know, when they dangle car keys in front of you and say, you know, you're going to do this or you don't get these. <laughs> uh Usually gets a response. Today would be a cell phone, perhaps, but uh, back then it was car keys. So, yeah, she's directing me in a lot of
1: directions, I love that.
2: and I know she prayed a yes. lot.
1: It sounds like she made a huge impact.
2: Well, the first, the first time I was ever, I have been introduced to gospel music. I love southern gospel music. That's all I've ever done. I've, I've sang, played, led uh, contemporary music too, but. Uh, I always come back to the roots of southern gospel but she the week i turned 16 is the week she said you're going to rehearse with this group and uh, i said no i'm not and that's when those car keys came and said if you want these for the weekend you will go and you will like it and i under my breath i said i'll go but i'll not like it and uh i went and <laughs> i liked it and uh so it kind of brought me back <laughs> around full circle to where I originally started. So it, at age 16, mm. uh, I was traveling weekends singing and, and playing with a gospel quartet. And uh, so I took trumpet in high school. Played in high school band trumpet. Uh, Mom always asked me, "Did you wanna? Do you wanna play the trumpet or do you wanna play the piano?" I said, "Well, I can't march down the street with a piano, so I want to play trumpet." So I took seven years of trumpet in school and uh, picked up guitar along the way and then over the years picked up other instruments as well. So uh, that kind of led to the ministry I'm now in, but uh, on the road I drove the bus and played bass guitar and played trumpet, sang when somebody was sick and so kind of did it all. It's been an wow. interesting... Wow. Interesting well,
1: Gary, bit. I know you were telling me that... I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, you're fine. No, go ahead and ask because you're directing me in the right direction. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you've shared so many great stories with me. And one of those was that you had traveled... Over a hundred thousand miles per year for five years, singing and playing music, and I—that just is mind blowing to me. I can't imagine, and so intense. Um, so, talk to us about how the Lord equipped you for for such a time as that.
2: I always loved to travel, so not getting homesick was—you know—never got homesick. Uh, I'd call mama at two o'clock in the morning. Hey, we're in so and so, and I said, "Why are you calling me? You're waking me up." Yeah. But uh, I, the year I graduated, 1970, anyway, I, uh, left, I graduated in May, and in June or July, uh, I moved to Raleigh from Concord, uh, because we were working weekends, and we were semi-pro at the time, which meant we just only sang on weekends, uh, but if you lay our stick down and go, we would go. So, I remember singing in Greensboro on a Saturday night and in Orlando, Florida on a Sunday morning. Uh, Those were the type of trips we were doing on weekends. And so eventually, bookings started coming in to where we couldn't meet those dates. So the owner of the group, and was based in Winston-Salem in the beginning, uh, moved us to Raleigh and gave us a choice. You can go to work full-time or we'll replace you. uh, And that was throughout the group. So, our first full-time tour was 38 days some of the guys had never been out of town before uh didn't bother me i loved it i had my own bunk and everything on the bus and it was great you know we had a a, a gmc 4104 private coach built in with with beds and closets and lounges and so forth so we traveled uh 38 days was our first tour spent a lot of time on the bus sleeping on the bus living on the bus You know, we would uh, back in the day find a truck stop that you could rent a shower for two dollars, and we'd all go take showers, and we we just we lived the life of being on the road. And uh, and so 38 day tour, the very first tour out, and I loved it, absolutely loved it, and uh, I was hooked. I was hooked. That's what I wanted to do. I never thought I'd ever do anything other than that. Uh, So for five years, we traveled. 100,000 miles every year. And we would take some holidays off, but for the most part, the only holiday we ever took off was around Christmas. First of the year, we're right back at it again. So, uh, and we had someone that did our booking for us. Later on, we had an agent to do our booking for us, and we had record contracts and so forth. But, uh, uh so it's, it's just what you do. I mean, it, I never knew anything else as far as music was concerned at that point. And uh, so, yeah, that was, that was a great time in my life. A lot of learning about surviving on the road. And eight guys on a bus, four band members and four singers, and uh, sometimes a road manager whenever we had to have one. But, you know, leave uh, Ohio, come home for a couple of days, leave for two weeks for Florida. You know, you just kept a bag packed all the time and uh, we knew what we were wearing every night for every concert it was listed on the door of the bus and so we knew what clothes to bring with us and we knew how to wash clothes in laundromats and you know just love it when a family would invite us over to eat know, <laughs> yeah. and we were we had uh, a certain amount of money per day to eat on so if you blew all that at breakfast you didn't eat anymore so <laughs> it was a, a very interesting life uh, very much so and uh, we did that I did that for five years so that was uh, that was uh, a lot of fun saw a lot of great results in this ministry a lot of people finding the Lord uh, a lot of people giving their life to Jesus through our, our singing and our ministry uh, even when I went to get my uh, ministerial license I went for music, and everybody looked at me so funny, you know, because why are you doing that? Most people that start out in music end up pastoring, and I said, the Lord hasn't called me in that direction. And uh, I turned down mm-hmm. a couple of churches because of that, because that's that's not my ministry. My ministry was music. Mm-hmm. When I got ordained, I became an ordained minister of music, and uh, because I realized the importance of music. If you read in the Bible and the scriptures tell us, Every battle started with music. Every battle ended with music. When they got pumped up to go into battle, they were singing, and they were praising, they were they were worshiping God. Uh, I think that's the best leading anyone can ever have to begin a service, is to start with music. And can you imagine never having a note uttered during a service? No music. I cannot imagine that. Of course, you know I'm ingrained in music that's my thing so uh making it the very best that it can be
3: so
0: amen and you know i like what you said about you starting that way because that's how church services have you ever wondered why church services start with music i think it's just to get the holy spirit inside of us praising god before we start hearing the service you know we praise god and then we receive the word Right. You know, we kind of open up and get ready for that. And and I think it's so encouraging, especially for young people that want to go out and live their purpose and go up on the road. Like my son. Okay, you've been talking about the bus. My son, his purpose is to arm up the church. He just turned 18. He had his purpose calling at 15. And... Uh, he wants to get a bus, Gary. <laughs> he wants to go out and just arm up churches. And that is so inspiring, you know. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's gonna listen to this episode later once it gets posted, you know. And um, that's encouraging to young people out there because you just went. You didn't really like have a plan. You just kind of followed the Lord's leading. You went out and he just provided. 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 Mm-hmm. You may have had to do you know, the laundromat, but you, you, you just adjusted to it. You went and you were filled. And that's what I think kept you going all that time. And I just think such a blessing, you know, having you on. Yes. I know it's going to inspire a lot of people who are like, well, how do I get started? How do I, you just, you just go, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you just go, yeah. you have a calling on your that's heart good. and you knew, and you also knew what your calling was. Like, it's not this, having a clear calling, yeah. on uh, you, like, it's so- very important because a lot of people will come in mm-hmm. and try to adjust it for you. They think they know what's better for you. You well, know, you know you have that calling inside. You stick with it.
2: You you bring such an interesting with, with point. You you bring such an interesting point about knowing because there are a lot of people out here doing God's work, and there's, that's great. But a lot really haven't saw the clear picture of what God is wanting them to do. He put me in a position, and He did it. He He did it. The devil didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not blaming the devil for it. The the Lord put me in a position because I didn't listen to him. And he put me in a position to do what he wanted me to do. And he didn't give me a choice. And I had questions. And people say, no, question God. Oh, wait a minute. You better question him. Because if you're not clear on it. You're gonna need some clarity. That's right. And I needed some yes. back then. When you lose everything you have and you're starting with absolutely nothing after you've lived a pretty comfortable life, then you look at you start looking at things in a completely different perspective. And so I told God, I said, Okay, I'll do this if you you know, if you provide, but I don't have a way to do it. My faith you would think holding license and being thirty plus years in ministry that I'd have a little bit of faith. But I never had to exercise it like he forced me to exercise it. And finally his comment to me was, Just tell me what you want, I'll get it for you. He didn't always make it free but he provided an avenue for me to go down and, and get what I need. And when things began to happen I was, in, I was standing off to the side, looking at it like, oh my goodness, what? how did that yeah. happen? Because I asked for that and then boom, here it was. And yeah. it was because yeah. at that point, he was trying to steer me where he wanted me to go. And the, the human in, uh, in us is to question that and not, not do it. Yeah, I can't do that easy to say I can't do that you know I could do that if Mm -hmm. I could do that if the Lord would do this if a little bit I wasn't trying to make deals with him at all I was just trying to figure it out well some things don't need figuring out some things just need clarity and you get that through Mm -hmm. seeking him so after Mm -hmm. a while the lack of faith became a little more bold because at that point once i had seen how he was working i understood much clearer what it was he wanted me to do he wanted me to use the talents that i had suppressed all those years by working with choirs and churches as minister of music and not exercising my talent other than leading and teaching that he wanted me to take those talents and explore that and use that for him but the bottom line it's it's so interesting you mentioned it early on the bottom line in that was saying jesus is coming soon and i want you to go out and project that message as you've said all your life and uh the song the title of my cd was soon is almost here came about on a sunday night when when my pastor was preaching and i was sitting on the front row because i had finished music came down and sit on the front row and he just jumped out with this message he said i'm telling you we've heard it all of our life soon is almost here and i grabbed a pen and paper from the lady behind me and i wrote this song while he was preaching and went up and played it on the (laughs) piano after church and that became my my song and uh, because, yeah. and in fact, if I ever get to the place, I'm going to have t-shirts made with that on it and the scriptures to go with it. Because I don't think, I think we have become so complacent and comfortable in our religion, our church, and the things that we do. We somehow have went around the fact that Jesus is coming soon. His time is not our time. Mm-hmm. But to know that every day mm-hmm. should keep us mm-hmm. in line where we need to be you lay your head down tonight and you're not sh- sure you can be sure and you only have to do that by talking right. to god and that's easy enough and i talk mm-hmm. to him people think i'm probably crazy well nowadays not so much but back in the day when you ride down the road talking <laughs> people see you they're wondering well, what is this this guy's crazy he's just talking to himself no i'm talking to god he's sitting right here beside <laughs> of me and i'm talking to him yeah mm-hmm and I try to always remember when there is a prayer answer to thank him and praise him for it because it's something mm-hmm. that needed to happen oh, and he d- he did it mm-hmm. and there was no other nobody else is going to get the credit for it but God because it had to be him but God mm-hmm. that's it mm-hmm. I know oh, I'm, I'm burning it up <laughs>
0: That's, that's okay Gary but before I I'm going to jump into our um our um uh, a uh, uh, subscriber message here for a second but before I jump in I just want to comment on something that you you said and then I'll follow up with a question um, when you were saying you didn't have faith you know an, enough I, I didn't see that at all when you asked God for direction and clarity and you're saying, I can't do this in my own strength. That's an act of the will of surrendering because God wants all mm-hmm. the glory. God's saying, when you're weak, I'm strong. You know, mm-hmm. when, when, when you're, it's your will, I'm just resting. But when you're resting in me, it's my will that's going to be done. And so I really that this way, I think that's what he wanted you to get to that point mm-hmm. where you just give it all to him. You just direct my life. Mm-hmm. I can't do it without you, Jesus. And so I don't think it was lack of faith at all. I think it was a lack of surrender. It was powerful. so let me just pause for a minute before I ask you another question Gary Um, and let you know those who are tuning in and listening how they can support this podcast so they can bring other guests on like Gary Um, we have a lot of things that joe heather and i want to share that god's put on our heart with you so first depending upon what platform you're listening from be sure to like share follow and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes but the most important thing you can do is to share this podcast share love and encouragement with those that you know around you and we also want to give you an invitation um, to be able to support our podcast financially and help us to grow Um, because there's a lot of people out in the world that are discouraged, that they don't feel loved. They need a word of encouragement and they're hungry to know the word of God. So by partnering with us through prayer and financial support, you're going to help our podcast grow and to reach more people. And you can find out how you can sow into our podcast ministry on our website at loveandencouragement.com slash donate. And also on our website at loveandencouragement.com, we feature early access every Wednesday to both audio and video And we have a form on there. You can save some time. We'll email you the podcast every Wednesday. So back to our interview with Gary, which is, I'm loving it so far. I hope you are too. Um, Now, Gary, at the top of the show, right, we talked briefly about how the Lord led you into a new direction 22 years ago. So can you get back to that and tell us a little bit about what happened then?
2: I had been feeling uneasy for a while I, I had been at one church for 24 years after i left the road and uh i had been uh everything in that church you could be i painted the church i laid under the activity bus i, I worked in uh, music ministry i worked in youth ministry uh in fact the youth ministry there i bought the church a van we had done a lot of things we did a lot of dramas and things like that uh the lord began to speak to me about focusing a little more on the music part and the gentleman that was leading music stepped down i took his took his place and began working with choir and uh, i did everything i could to learn as much about choir i went back and took more piano and more voice so that i could teach better if i heard a note on the piano i wanted i I could go over and tell her hey i want you to sharp this note or flat this note." just
3: the
2: i guess honing my craft so to speak uh, but then, and and things were going good. Uh, but all of a sudden, I began. I became uneasy, and I I needed some time off because almost 24 years, never been gone hardly at all from church, and so I asked for some time off. I took a three-month sabbatical, and I visited other churches and even sang in some other church choirs and things, just to kind of refocus, regroup, uh, which we all need to do at some point in ministry. But I came back and it was never the same and I couldn't I just couldn't get this feeling off of my mind and the Lord began to speak to me about a different ministry and within a I felt a little like Job because within a couple of months I'd lost everything my job I had a dream job I was a quality assurance manager with a company I'd been with almost 20 years uh, dream job would have retired there uh, I was playing golf, having a good time. I had Friday off every week. I, I, just It was just a great situation. Very, very very, much into a comfort zone. Enjoying life, making good money. Uh, but just things weren't right. And uh, I felt that. And I felt that drawing and pulling. And the world began to speak to me about something different. And then all of a sudden, things like dominoes began to happen. Uh, I got downsized on my job. I lost my home, I lost my marriage. Uh, all this went happened within six months. And uh, so I was thrust into a situation that I had to make a decision. And uh, I had nothing but a little truck. I think that truck had 280,000 miles on it. And the Lord said, I want you to do this ministry. I want you to take all your talents and do this ministry. And I said, but I don't have a way to do it. And that's when he told me, he said, just tell me what you need. He already knew what I needed, but he wanted me to ask. And when things began to happen, I was so, I didn't ask in the right order because I I was so new at having to do this that I said, okay, I need a sound system. I don't even have a sound system. And a gentleman walked up to me at church one Sunday and said, uh, and I didn't know the, the gentleman, I didn't know him. He said, you need a sound system for your ministry. And I'm like, yeah, I do. He said, follow me after church. And he filled up the back of my truck with his sound system. I had to buy cables and all that for it, but he, he, sound system, he gave it to me. This is a donation to your ministry. And I'm like, okay. So I had borrowed a keyboard and was using the keyboard. And I just kind of thought that the lady was going to donate it to the ministry, but she called one week and said, I need my keyboard back. And I didn't have money to buy one, and uh, so I told the church we were meeting. This was in Newark, and we were meeting in someone's home. And I said, "Okay, so I need your prayers this week because I've got to t- give this keyboard back on Friday. I have concerts on the weekend in church, and I don't <coughs> don't have a way. I won't have a keyboard. And uh, I didn't. I didn't come out and say I don't have money to to uh, rent one or borrow one or buy one. But well, that's pretty apparent." So I left church we were meeting on Thursday night, so I got home from church, and my phone rang, and one of the members of the church he said, "You, you got gone quickly?" And I said, "Well not really. I mean, when church was over, I left you know and he said, "What are you doing tomorrow?" And I said, uh, "Well, I don't know. You know. I don't have a job." He said, what a, you know and he said, "Let's go buy a keyboard." and I'm like, um, no, I, I really don't have money for that." He said, "I have the money for that." people were coming up giving me money to give to you for this keyboard and I'm like Aww. Fred I, I I, don't so he met me the next morning we went to Raleigh we found the keyboard he wanted me to sit down and play it and I wouldn't and he said why won't you sit down and play it? I said because I don't have any money he said I've got a pocket full of money and there's more coming Sunday and I said I said yeah but that's for the church he said no that's for you specifically for you we walked out of that store with two keyboards, one for the church and one for my ministry. And, uh, <laughs> and so I went back home and I was like, oh my God, you know, and I still didn't believe all this had taken place. And so uh, the next thing was uh, I went to get cables for the sound system that had been donated. And my friend, which I'd known over 30 years, he said well how are you hauling all this stuff and i'm like well i'm hauling it in my little bronco that i'm buying from someone which that was provided uh, the lady said i might just pay me whenever you can don't worry about it insurance is paid for six months so i wouldn't touch it other than ministry related things it stayed in the carport covered up and then when i got ready to go sing i uncovered it and went but i i have enough room in it to haul all of this equipment that had been given to me so uh, I went to get cables and the guy asked me, he said, what are you, uh, my friend asked me, he said, what are you hauling this stuff in? I said, the back of my Bronco, he said, you can't get everything in there. And I said, no, I take what I can take and the rest has to stay home. He said, well, you need a trailer. I said, yeah, I do. And he said, well, come out back. I went out back and they sitting this Hallmark trailer he had on consignment. He wanted like $1,200 for it. And I said, okay, I said, but I don't have any money. You, you don't understand, I don't have any money. He said, well, just keep it in mind. I said, well, I could make payments on it. He said, well, no, I can't do that. i got to have the money. I said, okay. Went back in, we finished our business, and I started back home. As I'm riding down the Beltline in Raleigh, and the Lord spoke to me. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you had faith for everything that you've needed for this ministry. Why will you not have faith for that trailer? And I go home and send him a check for whatever you can send him and he will take it okay. And I okay so I went home and I wrote a little contract and sent the check a week later this was on a Thursday or Friday anyway I went out and sang that weekend and came back home and loaded everything and um, I mailed that check to him on Friday he got it Monday he says uh, he called me he said I got your check and your contract tore up the contract spent your check and I need for you to get that trailer out of my way and pay me whenever you can. So I went and got in the trailer, brought it home. I waxed it, cleaned it up, vacuumed it out, did, loaded all my stuff in it, parked it under the carport. I was so I was excited. And uh, so I go down the next. It's about two or three weeks later. I was singing in Kannapolis. at my uh, cousin's church where he was uh, associate pastor. And he and I grew up together, but I hadn't seen him in about twenty years. Not not we didn't hang out or anything so i mean we were distant but we knew each other so he, he helped me unload all my equipment when i got there and uh he said man this is a nice trailer i said yeah it, lord bless me well how much do you owe on it and i'm like really because you don't yeah. ask people that you know and i said i don't know probably <laughs> probably six or seven hundred i don't know you know and uh went on about my business so after church that night had a great service and after church that night he came up and gave me a love offering from the church which is true you know that's normal you know and i thanked him for it he helped me load everything and i was getting ready to hit the road he said wait a minute i got something else for you he reached in his pocket and pulled out another envelope he said this is to pay off your trailer i said rick what, what are you doing he said the men got together after church the council got together and Decided we wanted to be a part of your ministry, so we're going to pay your trailer off. And all the way home, I'm like, "You have got to be kidding me, Lord! What have you just done?" You know. Yes. And so, yes. everything else, you know, uh, was just icing on the cake. And it led, it taught me, and, and I think one of the things that meant as much as anything was one Friday, I think it was. I, I was scheduled to go out that weekend and I had two dates to fill on Sunday, and they were pretty far from home, and uh, right on the Virginia line, and uh, so, and I had a credit card, and I always tried to keep it paid off for ministry, so I got, have had devotions that morning, and I prayed, I said, Lord, you know, I really don't want to use my credit card, but I need to fill up with gas, I mean, back then you could fill up for $25, I said, you yeah, know, I'd like it. I'd have enough gas to go, you know, and not have to charge it. And I said, just do it however you want to do it. That's fine. But you know what what the need is, and I'm just going to leave it right here. And I went on through my day. Well, about an hour or so after I, I prayed, I got a phone call from an old friend that was visiting in town. that had moved away, but they came back to visit. Let's meet for coffee. I said, okay. So I drove to Apex, met them for coffee. I was living in Holly Springs. We met for coffee. This person was Catholic. And so they said, Look, what's been going on with you? So I told her. I said, Well, you know, some things have been happening. Now they big old tears in her eyes, you know. And and I, I'm thinking, Well, I'm, I'm excited because of what God's doing and what God has done. So we, we finished and got ready to leave. And she said, uh, We're walking outside. And she said, Would it offend you at all if I gave you a donation to your ministry? And I said, no it never does i said because it's going back into god's work so she handed me a bill i stuck it in my pocket i didn't look at it because i never do i got home and it was a 50 bill well i filled up with gas i had 25 left to eat on because i was going to have to pack a cooler and take a sandwich because i didn't have a lot of time in between dates on sunday and uh so i, I just had to start praising the lord because i'm like it, that's something so simple
3: and all I did was ask mm-hmm.
2: I didn't have to beg I didn't have to plead I didn't have to get down and say our
4: Father God I
2: need something he already knew me <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: you know, I didn't have to agonize and run around the house and you know all this stuff mm-hmm. I just prayed I just mm-hmm. told him this is what I need this is furthering your work yeah. that you called me to do and I, I don't know if I should say it this way but I have so i go ahead and on up to it I'll, yeah. I'll own it But sometimes I I would say, Lord, you put me here, so this is what I need. And uh, Mm -hmm. it never failed. Mm -hmm. Because I think he wants us to do that. He gave us word to go by. Mm -hmm. And he didn't lie about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's there for a reason. So, uh, and those are just little little snippets or little things that (laughs) happened over the years that were insignificant to most people, but to me meant, A huge deal because it enabled me to do what I need what he called me to do and what I needed to do and even with the the CD I did um, you know I had it on video and I I had made this comment during my testimony that you know I want to do a a project soon but Lord hasn't given me the okay or the go-ahead on it just yet and but that's coming just help me pray about it and i left it right there in two weeks i'm in the studio recording and it would have never happened and we did it in one session i went in wow. he, he had laid the tracks for me already i went in sang the tracks played on the tracks whatever we had had laid out and we were out of there at midnight on a friday night and saturday went back and mixed it and we were finished so we walked in the owner's office wow. He said, okay, so when are you guys going to mix this? And the engineer said, we're finished. He looked at me and he said, you're killing me. I said, you're the one that pushed me to do it. So here you go. You know, here you go. So, uh, yeah. Uh, And that's kind of how things have taken place over the years. I just, I quit questioning uh, in the first couple Mm -hmm. of months of this. So for 20 years, the first 20 years, and, and all this took place in, in, Late '99 and 2000, June 11, 2000 was when I actually hit the road again, and I've done that several wow. times because I couldn't wow. keep a job, couldn't find a job after I got downsized, so I worked a lot of jobs. I was putting phone lines in. I was doing every, everything I could find to do, and singing almost full time again, and I had someone keeping me busy booking dates for me, and you know I was staying on the road again. And then took several ministry music jobs, the contingency of it, allowing me to go out and minister whenever I had dates to fill. And that's the way I've kept it all these years. And uh, now I'm not obligated anywhere to where I can't go out. And it's, in a way, I don't want to lighten any of this at all, but it's been more fun and more exciting since I don't have to Mm -hmm. Since I'm working for myself, uh, I can be anywhere on any night that I need to be, and I don't have to worry about it Mm -hmm. anymore. And uh, so God has provided, and He always has. Uh, So I can't complain at all about how He brought me to You know, it's so
1: neat to hear you sharing your testimony with us Gary because I mean I think it's when we share our stories with others they can feel encouraged and know that when Christ said you know taught his disciples to pray you know give us this day our daily bread it wasn't the dear Lord please if he would find it in your heart to give me some bread just like you said right it's just give it to me daddy because that's what we do. Our children walk in, and I was talking with my kids the other day about this and trying to explain that God provides. And I said, it's kind of like when you walk in and say, hey, Mom, what's for dinner? You don't come in and say, hey, Mom, are we going to eat dinner tonight?
2: Right. Exactly. Right? You just
1: say, what's for dinner? Because you are expecting dinner. And so, and, and, and I don't want to belittle somebody who's listening that is in a food-insecure situation, and, and, and I know that's different. But I'm saying from a spirit standpoint, you have an inheritance exactly. that's already yours. And you just step out and you say, God, this is my need. You know my need already, but I'm trusting you to deliver it. It's like he spoke to you over the over the um the uh, trailer. You know, he's oh. like, Why did you doubt me? You trusted <laughs> me on all these other things, go back. And so it was you too know, big. And, and that's what and that's okay. <laughs> right Uh. and that's okay because he loves you enough to say turn around and go back gary and so somebody who's listening right now is going to hear that and say oh that's right god i didn't trust you on that and and god still loves you anyway he says wait come back i'm going to help you you know come Mm. on let's let's get back on track here
2: real quick so
1: i do want to pause right now go ahead yeah go ahead
2: no real quick you're talking about food i just want to I have a food store yeah. that It's amazing. I, you know, there used to be the trend, these people would ride around with these freezers in the back of their trucks, and they would sell to some restaurants and all, but then they'd always have food left, and they'd stop in people's houses and say, hey, i got all this frozen meat here. I'll let you have it for this price. I don't want to take it back, blah, blah, blah. Well, I had that happen one day, and I, I didn't have any money. And uh, well, I had a little bit, but not much. So he had like $600 worth of meat in the back of that, that truck wow. in that freezer. And uh, he brought in a few pieces of it. It was pouring down rain. It was raining cats and dogs. He came in, he brought that in, put it on my table, showed me what it was and everything. And I said, that's great. But, you know, I told you before, I really don't have any money. And uh, so before it was over, he, he was asking $600. And I kept telling him I don't really have the money to do that right now. And uh, I just I can't do it. And he said, well, what if I let you have it for $300? I said, well, I'll tell you what. You can start carrying it in. (laughs) $600. God didn't always give me everything. He provided a way for me to have it and provided the means for Mm -hmm. me to to have it. The same with the Bronco I pulled the trailer with. The lady said, pay me when you can. Mm -hmm. She took it back one time. And in a couple of days, she came back and, and said, will you please come and get that? I haven't slept a wink since I came and got it. And I'm like, okay. And fortunately, it was in between dates. So I went and got the truck and brought it back. And she said, and you don't owe me anything. Whenever the insurance wow. uh, gets ready to run out, just call me and we'll go switch the title over. So if you mm-hmm. just hold on just a minute, if you just hold on for a minute, mm-hmm. God has plans. God has a plan, Mm -hmm. and we can't always see it.
3: Absolutely
2: does. I'm thankful He gives us an opportunity to see that plan without it being detrimental to us because we didn't listen. I just thank God for that. Yes. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I just had to throw that in.
1: Absolutely. Well, what I want to do, Gary, is I want to pause for a moment and let people know how they can sow into your ministry or talk to you about music in their area.
3: Sure.
1: And this is part of our our standard ministry spotlight. And so today, listeners, you're getting the opportunity to meet Reverend and Minister of Music Gary Barnhart. And you've been hearing um, his commitment you know, first and foremost to Jesus Christ and how he serves the Lord through his long-standing music ministry efforts. So if you're interested in learning more about Gary and how to support his ministry and how to hear more of his music, you can contact him through Facebook at gary.barnhart.50. Again, you can go to Facebook in the search bar. You type in gary.barnhart.50. B-A-R-N-H-A-R-D-T dot fifty five zero. Okay? And that's all you have to do to find him on Facebook. So you can check that out. Now, if you're listening today and you want to be a sponsor of one of our future regular episodes, or if you want to feature one of your favorite ministry efforts, all you have to do is contact us
0: at loveandencouragement.com. Amen. And you know what? This is, we're getting ready to come up with one of my favorite looking forward to parts because we've been hearing about all this music, Gary. If people are wondering, what does this guy sound like? He's <laughs> been right. so much. And we are so looking forward to you. Uh, so, are you going to sing for us? Will you tell us what you're going to sing and a little bit about the song?
2: Uh, I lost you for a second, so I didn't hear the last part of what you said. Oh. Are you are you ready? I'm sorry.
0: No, no, that's fine. Yeah, you you went out for a second, but um, I wanted to know a little bit about the song and like, did you write it? And uh, can you tell us about how it got created and what the title of it is.
2: I'm, I met a man years ago in person named Mosey Lister he passed away some years back but he was a great songwriter and written a lot of songs for southern gospel music quartets throughout the years so you name the group he's written a song for them and we had the opportunity to spend a day with him and the, the, the he had a god-given talent it was an humble man a great songwriter we went in and he offered us some songs to record and they were in the wrong key And he left, and about 10 minutes he came back and had rewritten every one of them in the proper key. So this guy was very deep when it came to his knowledge of music and abilities. And this was one of the songs he wrote for us, and we recorded it on one of the last recordings that I was ever with, with the Singing Americans. But it's always been a song that's been near and dear to my heart over the years, and it's always been a song I've used in my concerts. And the song says the sound of his name. is very simple, but so true and it relates to me in that just sometimes when our minds are so full of all these cares and things that we've got going on if we could just pause and just speak the name of Jesus and uh, I love the comparison that Mosey used in this song so the name of it is the sound of his name I hope I can do it justice
4: A man who is weary and thirsty thrills at the sound of the rain, and my heart that was lonely. At the sound of His name Oh, the sound of the name of Jesus Lives in my heart Like a glad refrain It flows and it grows And my heart At the sound of his wonderful name, his name is a rock that I cling to. song that I sing. is my joy. is my hope. Salvation. He's my life. He's my everything. Oh, the sound of the name land rain it flows and it grows and my heart overflows and the sound of his wonder The sound of this wonderful
1: name. Oh, wow. Praise the Lord! Good praise you. the Lord! That was awesome, Gary. I just love hearing you sing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, what a blessing to all of us for you to share your gifts from the Lord today. Um, and Lord, and, and gosh, and to hear your testimony and all this, you know, everything behind your journey with the Lord. And, um, so we're, we're kind of starting to close in on the episode as we're kind of wrapping things up, but I have to shift gears and ask you to share with us a little bit about your, your personal life. I know you met and married your sweet wife, Sandra, 20 years ago. And you shared that she has been a vital part of your ministry. So tell us a little bit about her and, and how you guys work together.
2: I met Sandra through church. Uh, I, a friend of mine that I had worked with just before I got downsized. He called me one day and invited me to their church. And uh, on a Sunday morning, and so I, I went and visited the church, and I really liked the church. I didn't realize that it was the pastor's last Sunday until later on in that day when i got another phone call but i actually met sandra then i was introduced to her then and uh not realizing that was the pastor's daughter and uh so as we transitioned uh the pastor was getting ready to leave the church and he was actually going to go to West Virginia and pastor, and about 20 people in that church said, no, we, we really feel leading to, uh, they had a very deep movement of the Holy Spirit in that church, and some didn't accept it, and, uh, but a lot did, about 20 people, and they, they started their own work. So through that, I was asked to come and do music with them, so I did, and that's actually where the keyboard story comes into view. But through that, uh, the pastor's wife and my friend uh, set me up. And uh, that's where they introduced me (laughs) to Sandra. And they were having a get-together after church one Sunday, and they invited me to stay. And so her and I sat that afternoon and sat out and talked and got to know each other and then eventually went out on a date. And one thing led to another, and we uh, got engaged and got married. And so my father-in-law was... I was not only his minister of music I was his son-in-law and uh, he was a dynamic man super individual passed away about three years ago from the effects of Agent Orange uh, Sandra and I traveled together uh, she was new to what I did she wasn't new to church music but she was new to what I was doing and the first concert she ever went to she was like "To I." I just did not see that in you. I didn't know that you did that. I didn't know all this about you. And I'm like, well, not many people do. Uh, and so, you know, she was, uh, I, I wanted to involve her in the ministry. And so she started, she's really good with sound. And uh, so I bought a snake uh, through the ministry to run my sound remotely so she could sit in the back of the church and run it for me. Because it took a lot of, I play different instruments, so it was a lot of movement, a lot of things going on. And it's just great for someone to sit back there and run those tracks for me when I need a track. Or turn the monitor up or turn the monitor down without me having to do everything from the platform. So it's really a a blessing. And I even got her to sing a little bit. And she don't do much of that anymore, but uh, hopefully someday she will. But... Her work schedule has prevented her from from going with me as much, but she uh, she's great with my sound. I give her the program, and she runs it just like it needs to be ran, and makes the faces at me that need to be made so that I stay on track, uh, <laughs> as only as only a wife can do and uh, so only a
1: wife can
2: do that yeah and uh <laughs> you know sometimes i know i get on her nerves because i'm very adamant very particular about my, how my music is done and i want it always to be right and uh, i've always told her i said here's the plan but he has the real plan so if he changes that don't get mad at me talk to him because <laughs> if i feel led to go on enough if if i stop a southern gospel concert right in the middle to do praise and worship music because i feel led to go in that direction that's exactly what i'll do there's nothing set in stone sometimes i'll just take my guitar pick it up and start playing something and drives her nuts sometimes but she she says it as a joke leave things alone you know (laughs) that's it's, and i won't do it you know and she and she knows why because she grew up and you know with her father you know being a a pastor and all so she understands that so she is a vital part of this ministry Um. Keeping me straight, keeping me in check. So I I love that about her. I love her commitment to God. And uh, she's a hero because she works in uh, the emergency department at Wake Med in Raleigh at Big Wake. And she's around COVID patients every day, all day. So, uh, you know, she's a hero. And I love her. I do. Yeah. Yeah. You have to say, you have
1: to tell her we said thank you for her dedication and dedication to the lord and to her patience Mm -hmm. for
0: sure amen so Mm -hmm. we're getting ready to close i have really really enjoyed this um episode and getting to know you better gary and i know that you there's so many uh, stories in there that are going to touch people's lives they're going to say that that story's for me i needed to hear that because i'm not believing god enough or uh, you know, I, I don't know how to get started, and I don't know how to walk in my faith, and, and that was, you know, we need these encouraging testimonies to um, yeah. to to help others to live by. That's why we we share them. We we iron our, iron sharpens iron. We help each other mm-hmm. in our ministry efforts. So, so is there anything, Gary, that's on your heart as we get ready to close that you want to share with the listeners today about your music, about your passion for God, any enc- encouraging words for somebody who's stepping out in faith?
2: All I can say is, you know, I have to concur with with everything you've just said in that, and let me just undergird that a little bit by saying, uh, I wrote a song that's titled Soon is Almost Here, and I believe that with all my heart, and I quit watching news last January 20th, a year ago this month, and I haven't watched any news since, and I haven't really missed it. but if you if you can watch anything or hear anything or see anything that doesn't want you make you want to get a little closer to god and be prepared uh you're blinded uh you really everyone needs to pay attention because the signs are here his coming is near my message has always been that that was the sole message he gave me uh, amid all the testimony all the things he provided all of that The biggest message was soon is almost here. Jesus is coming soon and and a lot of us have heard it. If we've been around church, we've heard it all of our lives. But it's not something that we need to take lightly. More so than ever, more than anything else in our lives, we need to trust God right now. Uh, We need to make sure that you know when we lay our heads down at night, that if we don't wake up the next day, we wake up on the other side. And that's, that's the most mm-hmm. important thing that we need to remember right now. This world's going to pass away. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to wake up in heaven. I got a lot of in folks up there I want to see.
3: Mm-hmm. A lot end. of folks in I want to see.
1: That's right amen well thank you gary so much for coming on today and thank you for having me you know your testimony has been such a blessing and you know i think you've put the question to others really well i mean we've tried to leave folks with a question for them to ponder on after the podcast you know and and i do want you guys to think about what gary has said how could life be different for you if you really lived As if Jesus is coming soon and soon as right now. I mean, how how would things change for you? Maybe your walk with the Lord or with your family, um, in your work life, whatever it might be, the Holy Spirit will lead you as you hold that question this week. So thank you to our listeners for taking time to join us today. And just as a reminder, depending on what platform you're listening from, be sure to like, share, follow, and subscribe to not miss future episodes. If you want to be a sponsor of one of those, contact us at loveandencouragement.com. Join us next time as we continue to offer you words of encouragement that remind you of God's awesome love.